you for joining us today for A Boy Named David. This episode is from the published novel A Boy Named David, available on Amazon.com. Also available on Amazon's Kindle Vela platform, along with book two, A Boy Named Flynn. Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, One World Group, a literary group. I'm Jackie Aguirre-Gross, and I'll be leading you through the adventures of David. So sit back, close your eyes, and let your mind explore the world of David Hackenfeld. Episode 15, The Hard Rock. Jay didn't think too much after the zoo. The three returned to the shop, and Hattie and Abi kept Wilhelm and Dodo company while Jay dressed for her dinner with David. Jay wore a navy miniskirt imprinted with paisley flowers and black knee-high boots. She had a matching silk navy top and a cool navy felt hat. She looked very stylish and lovely. Her long, dark hair flowed generously from her hat to her waist. David decided he would wear black jeans and a nice shirt and leather jacket. David had long blonde hair that went just below his shoulders. He wore it down and free. He usually had it tied up in a knot under his cap. Jay had no idea he had long hair, nor that it was blonde. He had always covered his head with a knit cap or hoodie. When she saw him, he wore a cross as an accessory and he looked quite dashing and handsome. Neither had realized that this dinner or date was coordinated and agreed upon without the use of a phone. Both these two had the conversation strictly in their minds, in their own heads. David arrived at the Hard Rock. He looked around for Jay and he saw her walking up. Hi, Jay. He reached out to give her a hug and a kiss on both cheeks. Jay looked at David and her jaw almost dropped open. At first, she didn't know who this was. Then she realized this was David. He stood there with his bright hazel eyes and his long hair down. She was stunned. David? Yes. He opened his arms and hugged her. He noticed she wore a mini skirt and looked so beautiful. He was amazed how he was able to just open his arms and hug her. Jay and David embraced, and they stood like that for what seemed an eternity, but a momentary flash to them. David could smell Jay's hair, and it reminded him of something fresh with a hint of vanilla. He almost accidentally kissed Jay. Jay, realizing that they were standing like that, took a step back. Are you hungry? Uh, yes, replied David. Jay went to take a step towards the hostess, but David slipped his hand into hers and she stopped. She smiled at David, but inside her heart was beating a mile a minute. David's was equally beating hard. He couldn't believe he just reached out and held her hand. What the heck was he doing? It just happened. David and Jay took their seats, ordered and waited for their food. They had everything to talk about. Not once was there a moment of silence. It was as though time stood still and the earth rotated because they were alive. Everything flowed so easily. David had never met anyone like this. 
But he always knew that had he ever met Jay, that it would be like this. Jay was so happy. David was like no one she'd ever met. It was a first date, but it wasn't a first date. These two knew each other for years, and they knew one another so well. After dinner, the two walked back to Grandma's. They walked into the shop, and David picked up the Amati violin. Jay, please sit down. I'd like to play something for you. Jay sat down. David started the notes from one of Jay's favorite songs, Claire de Lune. Jay sat there and watched David play. The shop was lit only by the lights from outside and the moon. David's hair glistened in the light and Jay felt her head swoon. Oh my gosh, thought Jay. How did David feel? David back home. David woke up the next morning to Schneider playing his gavotte at 6 a.m., but ever so beautifully. Dopey had coached Schneider to play the music slowly so that he could hear the intonation. David then instructed Schneider how to read the nuances in a piece, how to know where to play it louder or softer. He asked Schneider, how did the song make him feel? He told Schneider that many composers of the songs that we play these days were written by people who are gone. It's up to the performer to try and interpret how we would think the composer would have wanted us to play the song. Also, it was up to the performer to express in his playing how the song made us feel. There was more to playing a song than just playing notes. There was expression. You could copy what you hear someone play and their style, but I believe it's nice to make it your own by finding how the song makes you feel. Schneider took his notebook and wrote all these things down. He thought long and hard how the song made him feel. He couldn't quite grasp a clear feeling just yet, but he felt he sort of understood what David meant. David sensed this, and he took his phone out. He played the song in the air, the original song by Phil Collins. Schneider listened to it. Then he watched David play it. We need to interpret the song with the violin through sounds in place of the actual spoken or sung word. Yes, Schneider. Did you feel the emotion? Schneider nodded and understood that technique was needed to be developed so that he could interpret that emotion in a song. Schneider spent quite a bit of time that morning trying to decide how his gavotte made him feel. David, in turn, thought too. He thought about how he and Jay ended up at the Hard Rock when he couldn't remember confirming the date. He went through his texts, and he was completely perplexed. There was nothing in his phone that stated he was to meet Jay at the Hard Rock, yet they both knew when and where. They just knew. David was deep in thought. And just then, there was a loud bang at the door. It was Q. David opened the door. 
David, that rent is due on time. You paid late this month. Mr. Q, spoke David. I paid on time. I paid the day it was due, as it was states in the contract. I slipped the check in your mail slot in an envelope with my name and unit number. Mr. Q, you obviously received it because you cashed my check. I have a bank statement showing the date the check was cashed. You also said thank you when the envelope slipped through onto your floor. Q looked at David and gritted his teeth. Well, see to it that you pay it on time. And there's much too much noise coming from your unit. I heard voices. I hope you don't have any roommates. Q knitted his brows and walked back down the hallway, grumbling under his breath. I hate the violin. David called after Q. No, sir. There are no other humans staying here. David turned around and winked at Schneider and Dopey Dog. Schneider had stopped his practicing, and both he and Dopey looked worried and frightened. David shut the door and turned to Schneider. Don't worry, everything is okay. Let's hear that arpeggio. Schneider played the arpeggio immediately, and to his own surprise, his two-octed C-sharp minor was in complete tune. David turned to Dopey. Dopey, please, please try and keep the voices down. It's not your fault, but please try everything you can to keep the sound level low. That baby violin doesn't generate much sound, but if you guys are laughing and yelling, he could hear it. And that man could possibly try and enter this apartment when I'm not here. I don't want anything bad to happen to either of you. That man almost murdered you, Dopey, and I was so scared you were gone. Dopey looked at David and agreed. He remembered his terrifying experience being thrown down the incinerator chute. Schneider couldn't help but overhear David and agreed too. David looked at the two somber faces and felt like a jerk. It really wasn't either of these two's fault. David felt that he had to communicate the potential danger, but listening to Schneider play his piece really told the story. Instead of a happy feeling, Schneider's sound had an air of sadness and his face screwed up into an anomalous sob. David had to brighten things up. Look, I'm going to ask Jay, Wilhelm, and Miss Dodo to come over today. I'm going to make lunch. I'm sending her an invite via text. The thought of having Jay over with Wilhelm and Miss Dodo changed the atmosphere in the room. Both Dopey and Schneider perked up. The gavotte had life breathed back into it, and David knew he made a good move. David found his phone, and he started to text Jay. But before David could even send it, a peculiar thing happened. Jay's voice sounded in his head. He could hear her in the sides of his head, as if he had a headset on. David, I can come around 12.30 if that's good. I found this really cool cafe nearby, and I can swing by and pick up something and bring it. Would that be okay? Without thinking, David, sa- David asked, which cafe? It's called the Giraffe. Oh my goodness, I've heard of it, but I've never been. 
don't put yourself out. I'm making some food too, and I'll see you. I'll see you here at 12.30. Dopey Schneider has practiced long enough for now. Jay's coming. Would the two of you please help me pick up the house? I would really appreciate it. Without a thought, both Dopey and Schneider began cleaning the apartment. They made it a game picking up the house. A piece of clothing was two points. If you hung it up, it was an extra point. If it was for the wash, it was one point. This game made the chore go by quickly and was so much fun. Schneider ran around the house picking up things and tossing them to Dopey who shot three pointers into the hamper. The apartment was picked up in no time. David had nothing to do but prepare his luncheon. David started to prepare sandwiches for lunch. He prepped four ham sandwiches with mayo, mustard, lettuce, and tomato. That's about all he had. He figured he would make some french fries, but he didn't have any potatoes. To David, it wasn't about the food. Growing up in the orphanage, he just appreciated having a meal with company he truly enjoyed being with, who made him feel like he had a family. Jay dressed and headed towards the giraffe. It wasn't far from Grandma's. There, she picked up some potato salad and fruit cups, which were filled with kiwi, orange slices, grapes, melon cubes, and lemon wedges. She also picked up two orders of handmade chocolate milkshakes with whipped cream. With her packages in hand, Jay made her way to David's house. David lived near Tear Garden. His studio loft was right across the street. It was amazing that he lived so close to Grandma's and his apartment was near the gates. Though he didn't have a view of the geese, he almost certainly could walk very easily and find them. Jay arrived promptly at 12.30 and David let her in. He looked so happy to see her. Jay brought one additional surprise. She brought the Amati violin. David played it so beautifully the night before. She brought it with her because she had the hunch David wanted to play it. This violin was a bit older than his, perhaps 50 years or so. She was curious to hear it played in comparison to his Stradivarius because the violin was so different looking. The Claire de Lune had a very soft, dark tone when he played it, and the strings appeared to be gut, not steel. David had moved his kitchen table near his balcony sliding door. That's where he usually kept his bicycle so that they could see out over the park and have lunch. David had picked some flowers from the park before Jay got there, and there was a small vase full of fresh daisies. Jay and David laid out their lunch. Wilhelm, Miss Dodo and Schneider, and Dopey Dog all shared gumdrops that Wilhelm brought. Tiny Man was also invited, and he brought a bar of milk and chocolate, which the group shared. They had so much fun with one another. After their treats, they played a round of Monopoly, then Twister. Then as the day continued, they grouped up and played Risk. David and Jay preferred to sit out from the games. They ate their lunch and enjoyed their milkshakes. After lunch, David helped Jay with the dishes. David's kitchen was very small, but Jay didn't mind bumping into David. 
David wondered if Jay bumped into him on purpose. He imagined that it was on purpose, but in truth, the space was very small. Jay could tell David was having so much fun in the back of her mind. It was on purpose. Jay told David that Abby and Hattie were at Grandma's. She asked David what he would like to do if he could do anything in the world. David said that if he could do anything that he want, would want to take an afternoon trip. A trip where, asked Jay. Because, she explained, that her cats could access their air cats. David was so interested in this. Air cats? What in the world are air cats? Jay went on to explain what an air cat was. David looked at Jay and laughed. You are kidding, right? Jay answered that she was not. She went on to explain that her family had always had certain talents. I bestowed the gift to my cats. And if the cat loves you enough, he learns what you're trying to communicate. In this case, my cats learn to access their air cats and use their natural telepathy to speak to me. David regarded Jay and started to shake his head. He laughed out loud and said, Jay, that's a great story. You should write a book about that story. People would probably buy it. So David, where would you like to go if you could go somewhere? David replied, Hawaii.